Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breaking Chain's new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Reverend LaVert Kemp, or Dr. Kemp. Uh, I just would like to tell those listening tonight to still be careful. The pandemic is still on, regardless to what anyone else tell you. Still practice your safe distance. Still try to uh, self-quarantine yourself. This is something that we've never dealt with before, regardless to whatever the politicians don't know what they're talking about. We can only go uh, by those who are professionals who could tell us how long to stay in because they don't really know they're dealing with something new. Uh, there are those who want the economy to come back because the president numbers are low. So in reality, he doesn't seem to care what happened to the people. Uh, they're worried about politics and about money. Uh, everything is about money. The large corporations are losing money, so they're willing to jeopardize the lives of others, many people, to to satisfy the lust of money. And uh, I just want you to be safe. Take care of yourself. Use your wisdom. And common sense will tell you that if they don't know what's going on, if the schools are closed, the casinos are closed. You can't go into a hospital. The restaurants are closed. All these different places are closed. The government is paying off trillions, around $6 trillion so far. Something is very, very wrong. So I applaud you, I, I implore you to, to, to stay in and, and don't get caught up in those things that, um, that does not concern you. Amen. We, we uh, just want to say hello to everyone, and God bless you and strengthen you is my prayer. I just want to just say that it's a wonderful day, every day that God has made us, and you are someone. You are blessed and called by Almighty God. I've been doing this uh, teaching uh, history, and I've been teaching it from both, not just the black perspective, but we haven't been taught fairly. We've been left out of our history. I'm talking about from the African to the African-Americans, we've been left out of history. One would only believe the only race that ever accomplished anything uh, uh, is about anything that has been done is by Caucasian, European, and that is so far from the truth. When we go back, we'd like to find out where did man originate from? And before we go into the Bible about the originate, where did man origin come from? We're just going to look at a few uh, Caucasian uh, anthropologists, archaeologists. We're going to even go to botanists and geneticists. 
and find out what they have to say because I, I, I found out that for so many years why we were not allowed to read or not uh, they didn't want us to read was because so much of the very important things about life, the origin of mankind, uh, is about you. As I was doing my research years ago, I was researching and I came upon something that was very astounding. And I like to do a, a, just a little summary of different things that I've taught because I know there are some listening for the first time. And I don't want you to get lost because if you come in the middle of a book or middle of a story, it's hard for you to really comprehend that story. Well, I through my research, as I was researching, and I researched and I found out one of the oldest living fossils of Arthropipetus was found in Africa. And uh, they found this skeletal, well, found parts of the skeleton, and they were simply looking for some rocks. It was Johansson and Tom Gray. As they were looking for rocks, they found out that this may be simply the missing link. And not simply because of her upending or her walking upright, they found her pelvis, and it showed that she walked upright. And they called her name Lucy. And Lucy would go back about, 3.18 million years. And this tells us that when we thought that man was walking or man evolved from an ape, that man was yet walking upright. And she, they say she's so close kin to mankind. Well, there are some other very influential and scholars that also was there. Professor Louis Leakey, he was in Africa and his wife, Mary Leakey. In February 1913, he was to December 1996, he was from a British uh, paleontologist. And uh, here we find that he discovered the first fossil called Proconsul skull that is of an extinct ape, which is now believed to be an ancestor to a human. She also discovered a robust Xanthropus skull in Odeep Gorge in Tanzania in East Africa. And that word Zen and Xanthropy mean Northeast Africa. And this is where you're going to find out where they found all your older skeletons or remained uh, anthropologists have found the earliest humans came from Northeast Africa, and uh, these archaeologists and anthropologists found these fossils and their ancestors, and then they found this, and then they found this, like I said, in Old Deep Gorge in 1960. That's Louis Leakey, Professor Leakey. Now, this is not a black professor, but this is a white, and he found these fossils. Now, it is important that when they trace the maternal DNA back of uh, mitochondrial DNA, that's how they find out exactly uh, uh, who, what the person is, their ethnic, or who they are. 
And they found it, and also they also found some skeletal remains that date back to 100 to 200,000 years, and that there's a mitochondrial DNA Eve. And when they found her in South Africa, she was not the first human, but every other female lineage eventually had no female offspring and fell in the past on the mitochondrial DNA. And as a result, all human beings today, all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to this African lady within her DNA and that her peers exist all in her peers. It exists all the genetic variation we see in contemporary humans since Eve time. Different populations of humans have drifted apart genetically and forming distinct ethnic groups we see today. And what it's saying is I don't care if you came from China, Japan, wherever Europe, you have the DNA of mitochondrial DNA of Eve. Now, what's also about it, they found the remains of a, of a man who died 315 years before Christ in Southern Africa. And this man is the closest relative yet to the humanity and common to the female ancestry of Eve. This man, mitochondrial DNA, is the closest match to Eve. They say they know the man was a fisherman because he had a had a fisherman ear, and he was this close match to mitochondrial Eve. And that was they found him and his, his skeletal remains, which they were able to procure uh, DNA in Saint Helen Bay in South Africa. And this man was found by an archaeologist named Andrew Smith, who was from the University of Cape Town. Now, uh, the reason I'm saying all these things is I want you to understand that man art originated from Africa, and that is the real pro- the problem that's not being taught today. We find that man may come from all these other places, but in reality, mankind started in Africa. Now, I want to talk to you about uh, Gregor Mendel, uh, Mendel's Law. Now, with Mendel's Law, you're going to find that Mendel was talking about the dominant and the recessive gene. And his law states that the dominant and the recessive, that if a person is of dark complexion, they carry dominant genes. They the light color genes are recessive. In other words, if a person have have B and B if it's black and black, you're gonna get black. But if you get B and A, you're still gonna get black. I mean if uh, two blacks marry and have kids, you come up with black. Two, a black and a white come together, and they've got a B and an A, you still come up with a black or a brown. That is because your dog, your dog genes is pure. Your dog colors 
or pure colors. They are what you call dominant. See, the law or dominant part that is, is that which means which is pure from a contrast. And, 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 and if, if you have now, if you have an A and an A, then you could come up and it's going to make white. It's going to be what you call a recessive gene. A recessive means something that's not pure. Now, it, we have to understand that when man left Africa, they were Africans. They were dark-skinned. But when they went up in Europe, they went through a change, a metamorphosis. They went through a change. They uh, went through this, this part where as they changed from, uh, they call it like blacks today could have an albino child. Mendel's law has three laws Mendel's had. The law of inheritance, the things the way we look and react are passed down. And then it's the, the law of dominance, and that means who are the dominant, and the dominant colors are dark colors. The recessive colors are lighter colors. And the next is the law of segregation, meaning that when men went up to Europe and it was cold weather and the climate and they left from around where the sun is very hot from sub-Saharan Africa, their skin began to change. They began to take on a recessive form. Now, you'll find out that when they took on a recessive form, that's why you get the difference in the skin color. Now, a mutation, what they call a mutation, took place. And then if you get those and you say A and A marry, which is white and white, then you come up with white. But long as, and that's why they call it segregation, because when they were in Europe, they married just themselves, and they came up with almost a pure albino race, which is Caucasian. Now, the next law is a independent assortment. And the people assorted themselves in different, asserted themselves in different places. And they stayed in those areas. And that's why we have the difference in the colors and the races today. But no, being known that black is a dominant color and the white is a recessive color. If you ever noticed that, if you ever went to a horse race, you've never seen a white thoroughbred because that means it's not pure. If you find a white eulia, it means it's albino. And then that is, that's why when we look at uh, uh, absent a melanin, now, I was just saying these things to let you know and to, to build you, let you know who you are. You know, we have these different chromosomes. I don't care if it's two, a white and a black. The kid is always going to come out <coughs> black because it's the dominant and recessive. The white would be the recessive and the black would be your dominant. Now, that's Mendel's law. That's nothing that any black made up, but that is something that had was sent down from a professor, uh, uh, from Dr. Mendel, uh, Professor Mendel. Now, as we go in further, 
we go we go into after I talk to you briefly about the genetic mutation from uh, black to white when you left out of when they left out of Africa, you find that the the blue eyes again is a recessive gene. Brown eyes is a dominant gene, and more people have brown eyes than blue eyes because the blue eyes is a mutation and it is uh, a recessive gene, not a dominant gene. So most of the African American and dark skinned people carry dominant genes. That's why you can't get nothing from you but you. Amen. Now, as as I started talking, I was researching, and the Bible does not say uh, give a date per se when the world was created. I know sometimes a lot of theologians and other people have tried to date it back to six thousand years ago, which is untrue because the Bible don't give a. It doesn't give a date. It just says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it talks about the earth being void without form and how darkness filled earth. And then the Bible said, let us make man in our image. And what he was talking about, it wasn't talking about making man black or white because God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But now we are made in God's image because we was the last thing that God made was man. After he had put all the animals and the vegetation and the water, everything that it would take for man to live off of, he made man. And they say he made man. Now listen at this close. He made man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Now I've never seen white dirt. I've seen black dirt, brown dirt, red dirt, but I've never seen white dirt. And I, I never heard of them saying take Clorox and wash the dirt. But man was created from the dust of dirt, and the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils. Now man was in the people, then they say, well, the Garden of Eden. And I, 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 I want to talk about the Garden of Eden for a minute. We talked about it. And I was talking about how they was talking about how uh, when God created, he talks about the Guyon and the Pishon River. And it was talking about they encompassed the land of Havilah and uh, the land of Somaliland and things like this and talking about Ethiopia and others. Now, I want you to understand that 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 the guy on they say was the Nile and some say the Pishon. So now, if you really research, you have the Blue Nile and the White Nile, which come to two heads, and they do encompass the land of Somaliland and Ethiopia. Encompass is used in both the Pishon and the Guyon River. Each one is encompassed Havilah, which is Ethiopia, and modern day Somalia. And the other encompass Ethiopia, the Guyon is now called the Nile. Webster Dictionary defines the word to encompass, meaning to in, uh, enclose your line or limit around the area of perimeter. Passing means just simply to pass around. To view this in retrospective, the Guyon, which encompasses Ethiopia, is the present-day Nile River. The Pishon, 
which encompass the country of Havila, uh, which is present-day Somalia, or both northern Africa. Now we must consider the remaining rivers now. So both of those are now, but now it goes into talking about the Hidikia, which people say is the Tigris River. But the way the Bible says that the Hidikia or the Tigris River flowed from east to west, but it, it flows uh, north, uh, north and south along the side of Euphrates. So that's not the river that was talking about in there. And even to this day, the people in, in uh, the people, the Greeks, always had the word that Ethiopia was the birthplace of mankind. And it's always been said it was called the land of the gods. Now, it's important to understand that the northern Ethiopia and northeast Sudan, this would mean the Pishon flow in an easterly direction toward the present-day Red Sea and the name of the second river talking about the Guyon. Now, we, when we look at these things, now, we're going to go a little further, but before we go in there, was, I was also touch bases on because I'm trying to move on some of the things that I covered last weekend. Thing that we was talking about after I, I showed that the Garden of Eden would have to be in North Africa and that the land masses at that time it was it was, was, was pre-diluvian, meaning the flood had not came, and that the land masses were joined together. If you ever take a look at a map, you take South America and you could fit it into Africa. You could take the Mediterranean and close it in. You could take uh, the Gulf of Suzanne and uh, Red Sea and close it in and make part of Africa. But all this was land was journeyed together. And then I was talked about identifying different races in the Bible. Now, I, I talked about on last week, I was talking about the people in in in, in, in in the Holy Land today was not the real Israelites, uh, or they were not the real, what they call themselves, Jews. Because I told you to look in the book of Genesis in the 10th chapter, and you'll find out that the word Ashkenaz under Magog, which was the son of Jephthah, uh, that's what they call themselves, Eskenaz Jews. And, and a, a Jew or Israelite or Hebrew cannot come off the lineage of Jephthah. It would have to come off the lineage, amen. It would have to come off the lineage of Shem. And Shem was not white. And the next group of people that's in the Holy Land today are called Khazar. They are from north of, of uh, Turkey, today's Turkey, uh, and then the other group is called the Serpentum. Now, they are really Spaniards or Portuguese. They are not Semitic people. Now, I, I, I look back, I, I was looking, and if you would Google and find out uh, who 5,000 years ago, who was where Abraham came from, what color were the pictures they'll say the Sumerian uh, was Semitic people? And you find out that color, they say these people were chocolate. 
with stute noses. That means thick noses. Some had straight hair, some had curly hair. This tells us that Abraham himself was not white. And I want to just say tonight to those who are listening, but he was of African culture. I just want to say to those who are listening tonight that he who write the narratives, and I've been telling you this for a while, he who write the narrative make the be be make the people be the color that they want them. They most of the Europeans wrote the book, so they make the people look the way they do. You would think no one in the Bible was black. Everybody was white. There was not Arab, but they were Caucasian. And that's far from that. Caucasians come from Europe. Matter of fact, the the Eskenai, people who call the Eskenai Jews come from Caucasia, around Lithuania and Russia. Khazars come from around the Baltics. And and so these are these are not the the Bible talks about uh, it's going to be the cover going to be pulled from over them in Revelation. Say those those people who claim that they are Jews and who are not, they are not. You can't you can't be uh, a son of uh, of Jephthah and be from the culture. The, 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 you have to be a Semite of Semitic heritage, and the Sumerians were. And more, when you look back on them, there were Midianites. Uh, really what you call an Ethiopian civilization at that time. And and it's all too often that this is not really taught to us exactly who's who. And if you want to find out, look at the lineage of Ham and look at the lineage of Shem, and you will find who's who in your Bible. You, you would be easily to find that they had really Caucasians didn't have much to do with the Bible. You're going to find after the 11th chapter, and I want you to pay close attention to this. After the 11th chapter at the Tower of Babel, around the area where Abraham came from in the next chapter, which is the 12th chapter of your Bible, uh, he came from all the Chaldees of Mesopotamia. That's where Abraham came from. But that's right around uh, Babylon. And Babylon is where they tried to build a tower of Babel. And God confounded their languages. And Jephthah went to Europe. And Shem stayed in that area. And, and the children of Ham, they went to see the children of Ham were Kut, Push, and Metherim, and Canaan. Canaan is where today Jerusalem is. That's right, Canaan. That's why they call it the land of Canaan. Okay, Cush is Ethiopia, and it means burnt phase. Metherum is the real name for Egypt, and the people were called the Kim or the Kemet, meaning Kim means black. There have been so many whites today that have tried to teach that it was talking about the soil, but it wasn't talking about the soil. It was saying who were the people. If you research real closely who were the kings, you'll find out that they were black kings. Most of them were Sudanese people from around the Sudan. Amen. And all you have to do is just do your homework, and you'll find out exactly who they were. But for some reason now that some people from outer space came and built a pyramid because they're not willing to 
that these are Europeans who are not willing to give credit that black Africans built the pyramids. If you don't believe what I'm saying, ask how many pyramids are there in the Sudan, where there may be 100 pyramids in Egypt. They had over 300 pyramids in the Sudan. You could Google it and look it up for yourself. These things are because we do not read. I find it a pleasure and interesting because I will never let a person make me have low self-esteem because simply I won't pick up the book. We've been lied to far too long about what color was this person and what color was that person. Now, I want you to understand, and I'm not saying this to to make us feel any better than any other race, but what I am doing is telling you this, that you could have some high self-esteem and know that you've been lied to. See, it behooved me to say that the Phoenician were black. These black people were proficient in philosophy, astronomy, geometry, arithmetic, navigation. These black Africans had good harbors, which enabled them to navigate to distant lands. The Phoenician, they had skills also they were skilled in metalwork, needlework, embroidery. They extracted dye from shellfish. They had colored clothes abounding in the adjacent water. We find that the English alphabet derived from the ancient black nations, the alphabets we have today. The Phoenician, that's why we talk about hooks on farming. The Phoenicians had a powerful navy. They were great trading people. And when the Phoenicians traded with the Greeks, the Greeks did not have an alphabet. As a result, they adopted the Phoenician alphabet in order to transact business. The Greeks passed this alphabet to the Romans, and the Romans transmitted it to to the German Anglo-Saxon tribe. It was then brought to the British Isles. The first two letters in the Phoenicians or the Hebrew alphabet is alpha. Amen, Alpha, and then Beta, which is similar to the alphabets we have, A, B. The Phoenician also gave systems of weight and measurements to the European. These things are are not being documented to us today. That The the things that they have, the Egyptians were able to build over 5,000 years ago was able to be a 40 story building with blocks weighing ton over ton. No cranes, no lifting machines, no heavy equipment. And perfectly chiseled, a different stone that was hewed to make the pyramids. They knew how to do metallurging and other things because they had gold. Now, I want you to understand the Sumerians had chariots. They were very, and I told you that the Sumerians, which which some people call them Assyrians, A-S-S-Y-R-I-A-N, uh, the Assyrians, not Syrians, but the Assyrians. Well, they had chariots and everything way back 4,000 years ago. They were able to transmit, and they were chocolate-colored people. They weren't white as we see it on television. We don't have the money to make the movies or have it. We don't control as African-Americans and Af- Africans or people of color. We don't control the, the, the 
TV ways or the television where we could make the movies and show that these people were black. So he who make the movies make the people be who what color they want. Moses, a white man. Jesus, a white man. Amen. Abraham, a white man. But all of them come from during the time um, the Holy Land will be considered as North Africa. Case in print, they have now is divided. Egypt is divided from the Holy Land by what you call the Suez Canal. It was built in 1900. So you're looking at something 120 years old. Not not back in that time. That's the only thing that so before then the land masses was together. If you when you read the story, you'll find out they had elephants, they had lions, they had bears, and all kind of animals in the Holy Land. Matter of fact, they call Judah is called the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Jesus is called the Lion of the Tribe of Judah because they knew they had these animals who was there. The water separated now where they're not there any longer and been hunted out, but that is what's going on, and this has not been written about where we can know who we are or whose we are. Now, as we continue to look into it, I was talking about Abraham. Now, Abraham is already black. Abraham comes from Ur the Chaldees, which is called the land of Nimrod. They said Nimrod settled that place. That's the first person God called him a mighty hunter before the Lord. But Nimrod tried to build a tower of Babel, and, 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 and he was the leader. He was the leader of everyone. But he stayed in that area around Erech and Babel, or Babylon, an area in which Abraham came from. So Abraham came from the land of Nimrod. It's in your Bible. All of these things are in the Bible, but we don't know what to look for. We don't know how to study it. In writing my dissertation, I did look at the World Modern Nations, and I have all kind of book atlases and different books that I use as reference books. And when I start finding things out, I was so amazed to find out that really Caucasians or Jephthah left the Bible out the Bible in Genesis 11, maybe to come about four to 500 years before Christ. In essence, it didn't play a role in the Bible. Not the conquest of Canaan, not going into bondage in Egypt or anything like that. It never played any part in it. Now, we talk about Sarah and Sarah and Sarah being barren, and we talk about what color, you know, what color was the original Hebrew. Now, this should be a major concern to all Bible readers as well as scholars. As a black or African-American men and women, we know of the racism and justice that we face on a day-to-day basis. Well, the same people who denied us civil rights, the same people who held us in bondage, of slavery tell us the truth. But Second Timothy 2 and 15 says, study to show ourselves approved on the God, that a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This verse tells us that we Christians need to research the scriptures for ourselves so we can know the truth. We know that Abraham is the father of the Hebrew race. 
The Bible teaches us that Abraham was from Haran. That's that's where he came from. Sarah and the Bible talks about Sarah was barren, had no children. And Terah was his, was took Abraham his son and let his son Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter in law, and his son Abram's wife, they went forth from Ur to the Chaldees, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. Now let us go back to Genesis 10 and verse 9. They said Nimrod settled in that area, which is a rock. He was a mighty warrior before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even Nimrod, the mighty warrior, the Bible says this, before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erach, Akkad, Kalnai, and the land of Shinar. Out of the land went forth Asher and built Nineveh and the city Rehoboth and Calah. To understand these scriptures, one must have a map of Asia Minor. Before Abraham in the 11th chapter of Genesis, we find this, that Nimrod, the grandson of Ham, began his kingdom around all the Chaldees. We are not to be fooled. The Bible calls this region Shinar. Abraham comes from the region, would have to be a dark race, uh, Cushite. We should also, and the Cushite, I mean the Ethiopian, we should also understand that the entire area was a part of an Ethiopian empire. The Bible tells us that God confused that tongue in Genesis 11, chapter verse 7 and 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from hence upon the face of all earth, and they left off to build cities. We find that in Genesis, the 11th chapter, God was not pleased with their eagerness to reach heaven. So he paid them a visit and caused confusion in their speech. This chaos of tone caused them to scatter abroad, leaving Nimrod's dream unfinished. The Tower of Babylon was the dream of a mighty black warrior named Nimrod. In Michael, the fifth chapter, verse 5 and 6, Babylon is noted as being the region of Nimrod, and for centuries prior to and after Michael, Babylon continues to be inhabited and governed by the seed of Ham. After research and careful study of history and archaeologists, the evidence is conclusive. Abraham was not white. As we look deeper into the research, we find Abraham was a native of Chaldea, city Ur, and left it within the period of the Hamatic king Guttai. And Hamatic means he was the a lineage of Ham, which means he was black. And he left there under the king Guttai. That's in Genesis 11, chapter verse 28 and 31. And in 1840, 1884 edition of the Family Bible by Beard and Dillon contains identical books of the King James Version with additional texts of the Apocrypha and Judah and Tibet and Esther, First and Second Wisdom of Solomon, Birch, the prayers of the Manasseh king of Judah, Judea, and at the first and second book of Maccabees. It states clearly in the book of Judah 
fifth chapter, verse 24, that Abraham was a descendant of the Chaldeans. That means that he was an Ethiopian. The builder of Chaldeans were hermetic in race, language and civilization, archaeological discoveries, rocks, annals, and ancient cuneiform records have conclusively demonstrated that the hermetic Negro were early settlers of Ur. The African Ethiopian Empire had for ages dominated Ur. The Chaldees also had some mixed Semite with the Semites and Hamites. And then they were both were pure Ethiopian breed of Hamite race. Those were uh, had a strong Negro feature. The early Semites and Hamites possessed deep dark skin, woolly hair. Yellow, not listen at this. Yellow and white hair found among the ancient Semites, mean Hebrew, were feared and socially shunned. And what it talks about when they say yellow hair, they're talking about blonde hair. If the child was born with that color hair, it was feared. He was shunned almost like it was a curse. Let us not forget that Abraham, the father of the Hebrew race, Father the son by Hagar, his African servant. She was named, his name was Ishmael. We should understand that the worship of God was in Egypt before the time of Moses. Let us not forget there were three sons of Noah. They were all brothers and carried a lot of their father's tradition and belief with them. History tells us through records from the Egyptian hieroglyphics, the god of our Hebrew Laredites forefather, which talks about which in Exodus 3 and 3, since they had yet adopted Yahweh or Jehovah in Egypt hieroglyphic. This is written in, in the hieroglyphics in, in Egypt about Yahweh. It is in Hebrew or in Greek or in Latin who, in fact, replaced El Shaddai in Exodus 6 and 3, a tribal deity without any form of a holy sacred scripture before one was introduced to Moses. Now, one one must think about Moses was raised in Egypt as the son of Pharaoh's daughter and Essence. Pharaoh's grandson. Now, Pharaoh's mother who raised him was black. His grandfather, who was black, he couldn't have been white and passed for his daughter's child. Moses was black just like all the other Egyptians were at that time. See, you have to understand, even when Moses met his wife, she thought, Everyone always thought Moses was an Egyptian because all the people were black. Modern whites received much of their praises, culture, and popularity from the history of the early ancient black Jews. Most of the stuff that they talk about come from black Jews. The early Hebrews, the light-complexion Jews contributed nothing to the early Hebrew development nor were they present during the exodus from Egypt. 
under Moses or the invasion of Canaan. The white Jews appeared about 100 years after the death of Solomon. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants until the book of Second Kings were dark-skinned people, largely a mixture of Semitic and African. Both were dark-complexioned people. It was said that that the people that lived in that area were chocolate, the Sumerian, were chocolate-colored people. I would like to state light-skinned Jews began to appear because of crossbreeding with Greeks during the time of Alexander the Great. This can be studied as the same thing really occurred with the Africans or Americans who came from Africa here or the, or the children of Hebrew children that were sold from Africa to America and whites breeded. And so we go from the lightest of light to the darkest of dark. The same thing happened to the race of the so-called Hebrews with the crossbreeding with Alexander the Great. That is in history. Then came the Roman conquest. Interbreeding again took place. This is how the light-skinned or so-called white Jews came about. Most of them that's there today are really not even Hebrews. They only took up, they're called proselytes. They only take up the Jewish custom. They have no DNA no background to say that they are. Now let us continue to discover what color uh, were the ancient uh, Hebrew ways. To back up the above statement, read Genesis 38, 1 and 11 and First Chronicles 2 and 3. Let us go a step further to the history of Iraq. It is written in the World Mark Encyclopedia of Nations under the past history that dates back before the time of Abraham in the land of the Chaldees, those who inhabited the country were dark-skinned people, inhabited shrine, implements, and pottery found on various sites can be dated as early as 5th millennium, 5,000 years. Some sites bear names that were familiar to the Bible, which considered the land between the two streams the location of the Garden of Eden and Ur the Chaldees, the native land of the patriarch Abraham. Scientists in exploration and archaeological research have amplified this and systematized a half history, half legendary Bible report. The World Mark Encyclopedia Nation page 123 records history in Mesopotamia began with Sumerians, whose original linguistic affinities have yet to be established with century. This tells us that Nimrod the Hamite was the founder of the Sumerians, who were direct descendants of Ham. Earlier I told you that when I researched it and even Googled it, they said that the Sumerians were chocolate, who was known was black. Furthermore, if Abraham came from the Chaldeans or the Chaldeans, he was black. To go even deeper into the research, 
let us travel, take us to the time of Joseph in Egypt. We know Joseph's brothers came to free him. We know Joseph was sold to some people from Manasseh-Patanian. Well, well, when Joseph was sold to them coming, the Midianites, excuse me, Joseph's brothers sold him to the Midianites, which were Ethiopians who returned, sold him to the Egyptians, and all of all them was the same color. Joseph was the color of the Midianite. He was the color of the Egyptian. Because Joseph's brother didn't see him for about close to 19 years. And when they saw Joseph, they thought Joseph was the Egyptian. So, And during that time, that was before Moses. You're looking at, at roughly almost 4,000 years ago. And they were black. So... He was a direct descendant of of, of Ham, who in no way black. Furthermore, if Abraham, too, was from there, he was black. To go even deeper to research and let us travel back to the time. Now, we talked about Joseph. Now, Joseph was known to be a black person because he, he passed for an Egyptian, and it was what you call. But then he married Potiphar's daughter, Senta, a charming daughter, of the Egyptian Potiphar the priest. She was given in marriage by Pharaoh to Joseph. And they had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. The beauty of a center was a member of a pure black African race. The intermarriage with a the Shemite, they did marry freely. All the way through your Bible, you will find out the children of Ham and the children of Shem in a marriage. They were both dark races of people. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh was born on the continent of Africa, and both were adopted by their grandfather Jacob on his deathbed, for whom some unknown reason gave the first place birthright blessing to the young one, Ephraim thereby indicating that Ephraim was to become greater than his older brother. It is written in the book of First Chronicles 7, 20 and 27 that Joshua, who led the black Hebrews to the promised land, was a descendant of Ephraim. Now, Ephraim, now, when you talk about Ephraim was, and his mother was black, Joseph was black. Now, he his great-grandparents, was uh, Joseph? That was his great grandparents. Well, what color was Joshua? Joshua was black. Moses was black. All these people were of African culture, but it's not written that way. But all you have to do is take time and study your Bible and go back and find out who lived. The best is to call the World World Mark Encyclopedia of Nations and. There's some old books, but they'll tell you. I use these books uh, a lot as I was doing my research for my uh, master's degree, for my dissertation, I mean my thesis. It's, now, as we go on, you'll find out that the black Hebrews in the promised land that we talked about were led by Joshua, and we know that... Uh, to understand the Bible, we must understand the history of the Hebrew, the Egyptian, and the Ethiopian. 
These three black race played a great part throughout the Bible. Let us not stand idle and study history. H-I-S dash S-T-O-R-Y which will, that's what we've been getting in America and in Europe, that the only thing ever happened, everybody is white, all the Bible characters are white, blacks, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Arab people, no one played anything in the Bible but whites. And they were never in that part of the country to even take part in the Bible. I know that there have been so many people who uh, suffer with a lack of knowledge and who have for years cried out that the Bible is the white man's book. And it's just the opposite. Far too long have we sat back and not studied it for ourselves. When I hear someone say that, I, I think about all they would have to do is study all they'd have to do, and with the computers and your telephone, which you could Google, and you could ask different questions to, to it, and it would give you the answer. Whites wrote books about these things. Not African-American, but whites wrote these things, but they always figured no one would do the research. I don't think or either or another group of blacks won't follow a black because we have the tendency to believe everyone is smarter than we are. Uh, either we're listening to white say, oh, he's just trying to start mess. Uh, we shouldn't worry about what color was Jesus because, uh, God because God is a spirit. Well, if that's so, why for so many years you have always betrayed the God that people bow down to as a white man? No. I want to just be the first to tell you that King James was a racist. And I want you to know that he was in the slave trading and King James was a racist. I carry no merit in different things that he interpreted or translated from the Bible. Because if you study your Bible, a stranger in the book of Leviticus, where they have the Leviticus laws, look up uh, about what the children of Israel was to do with a slave or a stranger. They were to take and treat that slave or a stranger as they were family, but yet that person was a slave. Slavery in America was nothing like no one ever experienced. More people died being caught on the coast of Africa. The Middle Passage on the way here and when they got to America and other places, Brazil and the islands out in the Atlantic and 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 and, um, and other places, Haiti and Hispaniola and even Brazil and all these other places, more slaves died than the Holocaust. But yet we are told to forget about slavery, but no one ever forget about the Holocaust. The bodies of the Atlantic Ocean is littered with the bones and skeletal remains of African and our black Hebrews that were brought to America against their own will. So let us not fall prey to the false pretense of what some of the things about honor your master 
and all kind of things. See, to understand and understanding the Bible about the Hebrew and Ethiopian, the three races played the most important part of your Bible. Now we now in America and in Europe, the only history we get is the history of Europe. The Spaniards and 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 others that came over, Columbus sailed in fourteen ninety two. We get all these things, but we never get the true history. The nineteen dynasty BCE that this story of Moses was has validated. Thus Wyman in his most noted book, Religion of Ancient Egypt, page twelve states this position as we learn to read the history of ancient countries and archaeological find we learn new wisdom to open doors of our past fathers, their race, and their religion. Now let us continue to unveil the mystery of what color was the original Hebrews. Let us look at the color of more Old Testament personalities. May I state again, the purpose of this is not to bring hatred uh, any on any other race or past for their past injustice, but to both enlighten and bring forth the truth about the part Africans, Semites, Black Hebrews played in the Bible as well as in history. Let it be known to the reader that I believe the Holy Bible, but I believe racism has caused some things to be purposely left out. Now that we have studied Abraham, let us look further in the book of Judges. The taking of Negro or black Amorite wives still constitute a thorny problem among the Jews who return following their Babylonian exile. The ancient Jews were blacks that many Romans mistook them for Ethiopians. The most rigid code among Jews or Hebrews was to prevent miscongenation fail. They did manage to uh, co-manage to co-marriage with other races. Even the Jewish father Abraham possess such marital uh oppose such marital forbiddance by marrying a non Jew woman of Africa. He had Hagar, but then later after his wife, if you study Sarah died, he married an African woman, an Ethiopian woman called Katara. She had I think five kids for Abraham later, and her name is Katara, whenever you get a chance to. So Abraham's children were of African descent. Let us pay close attention to the scripture in Genesis 31 and 30. There we find that Jacob's fourth son bore two sons. Jake, now, Jacob's son was Judah. He bore two Hebrew sons. Pharaoh and Zerah. 
Now, now I want you to do this, and before I come to my conclusion, I want you to just listen at this closely, because we're getting we're in, into the genealogy way back before Jesus' time or where he come from. Jesus, well, what color would Jesus be? Okay. Now, Judah seen Tamar. Tamar was an African. Now, Judah was already a Semitic African, a Hebrew. Now, from Perez, listen at that. Hebrews were already dark-complexioned people throughout the Bible. Hebrews and blacks married and interbreeded. Let us look again at Shua. They called Shua the Canaanite, meaning of Ham, and the father of Tamar, who was the daughter-in-law and mistress of Judah. We should keep in mind in our study of the Bible that Jesus is a descendant of the tribe of Judah. The black Shua was a blood ancestor to the Lord and Savior and King Jesus through Jacob, grandson, Perez. Let's continue to look at things. I'm going to, before that, I might kind of jump the gun a little bit with you, but Perez had a son named Hetheron. Hetheron had a son named Solomon. Solomon married the black prostitute Rahab, and they had a son named Boaz. You heard of the story of Boaz and Ruth. They had a story, they had a son named Obed. Obed had just and just had King David. Now, so you know David was a black man, David. And we, we look and listen at them talk about the ruddy appearance. First of all, David would have been shot if he would have came there being light skinned and had a ruddy appearance. That 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 word did not cohibit with the uh, Hebrew race. That's something that was added by King James. Let us continue to pay close attention to the crossbreeding of Hebrews and black throughout the Bible. It is easy to understand that blacks on black make black. Dark plus dark equal dark. I just told you earlier on about Professor Mendel and about Mendel Laws about dominant and recessive genes, that dark color is dominant. Black, brown is dominant. White and light colors are called recessive genes. So if you have two black people, you're going to get a black. Even if you have a light-skinned or white person with a black, you're still going to come out with brown. So there's no way in there that this could possibly be, uh, they could possibly be um, white. I told you because both of them, the Semitic people were black and uh, the Hermetic people were black. And, and either way it goes, black and black make black and dark plus dark equal dark. We have been told for many years that we are inferior. We are cursed, lower form of human beings. We have been mistreated just as the Hebrews of ancient times. In studying the Holy Bible, we find Crossbreeding between Hebrews and blacks went on in spite of all the laws that they had in Deuteronomy 7 and 3, Nehemiah 31, 17 and 18, Ezra 9, 1 and 15, and 10, 1 and 44. Such restriction exists at this time. Well, it wasn't for 
about inferiority because both of them were black, but it was a, for religious reasons. He didn't know God didn't want them to marry others and take on another person's religion. It wasn't about race. The Hebrews were already a mixed people long before entering and departing Egypt. This is why some scholar historians, these are, are white historians, Greek and Romans and, and even Germans, have written that Hebrews were African origin. The Greek historian and and geographer Strobo stated that during his lifetime, it was not unusual for historians to think that Jews to be black from black ancestry. Strobo went on to say that Jews living in Western Judah were partly were African or Egyptian. The Roman Tacitus supported Strobos by saying Jews were Ethiopian of race. And we know Ethiopians appear African. Now Anglo now Anglo Saxons and their descendants, one would think no other race had a part in shaping America. In reading the Bible, one would believe that Black Africans had no part in the Bible. This is far from the truth. In fact, Anglos or white had very little part in shaping the Bible. Very little part. I showed you where they left out the Bible. And almost a thousand years, never had any part to do with the Bible. Even to the day, there are but a few Anglo-Saxons in Asia Minor. Even to today. Only right in what they call the Holy Land, which was given to them in 1948, we have what you so-called white Jews who were placed in 1948 after World War II. Other than 6 million or more white so-called Jews, the remainder of Asia Minor is black and Arab. Let us see what Webster Dictionary, College Dictionary defines has to say about the definition of a member of an Arabic-speaking people, a citizen of an Arabic-speaking nation, a member of a Semitic people, inhabitants since ancient time, the Arabian Peninsula and the desert fringes of Manasseh, and Levant. In A.D. 632, spread it throughout Southwest Asia and North Africa, Saudi Arabia, Yemen. Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, <coughs> excuse me, and the United Arab Emirates, we've noticed none of these races are white. Let us take a step back and study Ethiopian history. It will support my theory of Ethiopian being the first empire. To go even further, Abraham was of the ancient empire. A book entitled Ethiopian, the Missile Link in African History, support the theory. Page 15. The ancient empire of Ethiopia come down to us from the past, from the ancient days of the richest heritage in history. Ethiopia was considered by the Greek to be the home of God and a retreat of the masses, a land of fertile fields with riverbeds of diamonds, with mountains of gold and 
isles of the blessed, the land of the setting sun, where the giant Atlas was compelled by Olympus Jove to prop up the heavens upon his head and shoulders, the vast desert which lies south of the Atlas known as the Sahara is called by the Moors the Garden of of Allah, where the chariots of the gods whose flaming wheels burnt the saw into sands, scorched the children of Africa and crisped their hair for which the word Ethiopia turned sunburnt by the gods. The word Ethiopia was originally pronounced Ethiopia, sunburnt face. Now, George Smith, in the Chaldean account of creation, page 78, disciples from the Babylonian text that there were original race of man at the beginning of the Chaldean history, a dark race who were called Admar-Adamai, the people of Adda, of Atlas. Now let us go to Mr. Smith's Sacred Annals on page 49. He quoted the Hebrew commentator and said, Our rabbi asserted that Adam, our father of blessed memory, composed a book of precept which was delivered by God in paradise. Ancient records now in possession of King Halle Selassie. And we know Halle Selassie was the king of, 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 of Ethiopia and uh, a black Ethiopian king. He called himself the Lion of Judah, and that meant he was direct descendant of Jesus Christ, said that Aram was the 35th child of, of Adam, even if you study the book of Josephus, the antiquities of the Jews, the history of the Jews, on page 48, William Winston translated, it says that there is an old tradition that says that Adam was the father of 33 sons. Now, this could be found in 23 daughters. Now, I want you to look at it. If you get the book, what it called. Flavius Josephus, that's the greatest Jewish historian, Antiquities of the Jews, on page 48, you'll find that Adam and Eve fathered together 33 sons and 23 daughters. Now, we're going to stop here tonight, and I'm going to take some questions for those who want to learn something about anthropology, about the archaeological finds that were found uh, uh, whether they're dealing with genetics, fessaliki, and about uh, the different things about recessive genes. And, and the recessive simply, and, and these things that when you're mutant, it means that you're not pure. So I'm going to open the lines up now. Uh, we're going to get Dr. Hot Rod to come in and uh, let anyone have any questions, we answer those questions for anyone that needs a question answered. Okay. 
God bless you, Dr. Kemp. Uh, what a wonderful show. Uh, the lines are open right now at 858-357-9137. If anyone out there has a question, a comment, or a statement, anything for Dr. Kemp, the line is open for you now. Uh, please take your time to uh, uh, open yourself up to him to ask or make the statements. Uh, the line is open for you now, 858-357-9137. The line is open to Dr. Kemp. All right, Dr. Kemp, uh, there's no one responding, so I guess everyone is on mute right now and just listening. Uh, so there are no questions for you, sir. Wonderful show. Yes, sir. God bless you. Yes, sir. Again, I would just like to thank those who tuned in tonight. As usual, I have a wonderful time in giving you the, the information that I've compilated through my research. And I, I just want to pass this knowledge on to uh, African Americans because it seems that we've been lied to for so many years and whether purposely or whatever, we've been left out of everything, regardless of even the different inventions that we've made. No one talks about the filament of the light bulb by Lattimore. The light bulb wouldn't have stayed on without the filament of Lattimore. Talking about the elevator, the lube cup, we wouldn't have planes and trains if it wasn't for the real McCoy who did the lube cup. It's so many things. Even the cell phone that everybody used today came from uh, uh, African-American. All that, so many, the air conditioner, you were burnt up in the house, thermostat, typewriter, you name it, the ironing board. So many, just so many inventions that we that we, we come up with elevator. I mean, it's so much the refrigerator. It, it's so much that we've done, but it's not being taught in school. Amen. But it's time for us to educate ourselves and our children. And I, I would uh, just want to say, uh, Pastor Harold, I just would like to say that I pray that as we are practicing social distance and that we're doing this, this self-imposed quarantine, that we'll take the time and study our Bible and ask questions and get other books and research. You know, now you have a total library in your hand. When you pick up uh, your cell phone, you have a, a library actually in your hand. You, you have every information you know, I did I did my thesis and things. I had to go to libraries and get to check out books, buy books and things. But now I could almost just come up with the name of the book and find what I need to find. So I, I when I think about that, I think about just how truly blessed we are today. And I pray that those who are listening to me are taking some notes and pass it down to your children, because the Bible is not the white man's book. Hmm. If anything, the Bible may be the black man's book, hmm. no, African book, or the people <laughs> of color book, but it's far from being a Caucasian book. He who write the narratives and make the movies and make the people look the way they would like them to look. They would not want their children to bow down to 
a person that they had a, used as a slave, and they lied to for so many years that we were ignorant and we were dummy, only to find out that God chosen people were of that color. Hmm. So I would admonish you to pick up your books. Your children are at home. Get them to pick up books. If they don't study what I'm talking about, have them to study something, because the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Amen. That's something that we have to teach our children to do some reading, do some research, because that's something no one could take away from you. When you do that research, no one could ever take that away from you. These things that I've learned through the years and the, the, the things that uh, I'm talking about right now, this over 20-some-odd years, you talking about 26 years ago, most of the stuff that I'm talking about today, I've been doing this for over 20-some-odd years, but 26, over 26 years, when I got my master's and I did my thesis on the African presence in the Holy Bible, I... Um, Wanted to, to, to know because I wanted to know why, uh, well, I was able to be fooled almost once in thinking that, well, it's the white man's book. But I sure understood that this same book brought my, my father and my mother and my grandparents from, my grandparents from being, um, Sharecroppers, the same God they prayed to brought my great grandparents from being slaves. That same God have elevated myself. I could read. I could. I have very good understanding. And God have blessed us. And see, I was born with the innate ability to overcome whatever a person put on me or put at me. And just about blacks as a race of people, we have that innate ability to overcome. And it's in all it's in inside built it's a built in mechanism in a suffering people, the innate ability to rise above adversity. And so I would just tell us we're blessed people, study it, and those who are not just continue to tune in and take your notes and after we after we do our our lessons, um, Reverend Hotrod is going to compose something together that you have where you could take your time and and go over everything that we've talked about, and then you could take it to your children Amen. and your grandchildren, and that they could be proud of who they are. I am somebody. The Bible talks about me. The Bible says that I am blessed and highly favored, that I am the seed, I am a black Hebrew, Israelite. So I just want to just, just thank everyone for listening. And most of all, I want to say this great man of God, Reverend Hotrod, he's true man of God who loves his people and he loves God. And I ask that you guys pray for him, that he continue to try to reach out to you and 
get you the knowledge that you need and that you desire, that he keep going forth with it, strengthen him, support him in all his endeavors, and show him the love of God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Kim. Uh, love you, sir. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for another wonderful history talk with you. And God bless you much, sir. Bless you. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for tonight. We're in Georgia. God bless you all over the world. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night, the men and women of God come together for the men of valor and the P31 ladies. Don't forget, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll see you here tomorrow night. Be on time. We're going to have a great show. Breaking Change right here on YAT Radio. Have yourself a blessed night. And you stay blessed and be safe out there, okay? God bless you. You've been listening to History Talk on Breaking Chains with Dr. LaVert Kemp. Thank you for listening and tune in next week to learn more of who you are. Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.